Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Blitz is defined as a sudden savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic primal confrontation, man to man. No excuses are offered. Not except. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Looks like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts, Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. I transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk <laughs> man. I back it up. And we are chock full of that, man. Damn right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> and that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. If you're going to blitz, come strong, but don't come at all. Welcome to another edition of Longhorn Blitz. My man Jeff Howe usually has the hosting duties, but he is on a much-deserved vacation. He's one of the hardest-working men I know. Uh, now he's hanging out with the family, enjoying a, a pandemic vacation. I don't know how those go when you're in a 100-year pandemic. I guess they're just stay at home and you just... But everybody's been home anyway. Yes. I don't exactly. know what you do. <laughs> well, he got a staycation, and then at least whenever he did go, got out on a beach. So there you at go. least in that area, get outside. Uh, I think he went to South Padre. Oh, good for him. All right. My man Jeff, uh, of course, he'll be back next week. But I am Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. I'll be handling the hosting duties uh, just for this show. But of course, my man Matt Butler, he is the drop machine extraordinaire. He is also uh, the, the stat man. Everybody knows him as the stat man. He's got the best stats, loves to crunch the numbers. Uh, my man, Matt Butler. What's going on, Matt? How you doing, brother? Doing pretty well, man. How have you been during the pandemic time? Uh, I'm doing good, man. It's crazy. I know the uh, numbers are starting to spike a little bit here in yes. Texas. I believe that Austin has had the, uh, the fifth largest spike among cities in the country. So, uh, yeah, that's tough. That's, that's a pretty big spike. <laughs> yeah, I've it's a pretty big spike. I've been all the numbers knowing that at least in the state you hit over 5,500 recently. And then yeah. our buddy, another f- fellow radio veteran that always had kept touch with me, uh, Chris Mosier, he always that's does right. the Austin COVID cases and breaks them down by city. And, yeah, it looked pretty bad. for It had been around like 220 and then spiking around 240 and then up around 320 per so. Not looking good, and we know all about that just following sports because the sports world, it's basically COVID updates. You're hearing about the bubble in the NBA coming back or baseball maybe getting back in line, but yeah. then when you hear everything all the way, both PGA cases, both those guys that tested positive, one's from Austin, one's from Dallas, here, I believe it was champion from mm-hmm. Dallas that just recently happened. Yeah. So it's sort of just taken over Cowboys, the sports world. Texans have had I forgot about multiple that Zeke. tests, yeah, uh, test positive. Uh, the cities with the fastest COVID-19 case growth in the past week, Phoenix is number one, Tampa's two, San Antonio's three, Orlando's four, and Austin, number five. Wow, so, hot spot. Here in Central Texas. Yeah, I mean, we're seeing that. And, of course, the as you, you pointed out, college football, sports in general, uh, is a microcosm of society. So we're starting to see it creep closer and closer to our sports and to the college game. College football, I'll just go over a couple of the – uh, the schools that have actually had some cases. K-State recently, Max Olson reported this, and it's an interesting 
case study. So K-State had about 100 players come in, 100 student-athletes come in. They tested all of them. All of them were actually negative when they initially tested them. Oh, wow. that's what, Yeah, and then they had, <laughs> I think they had a party over one of the, like, a couple of the weekends ago. Mm-hmm. They had a party happen, and after that party, they had 14 athletes 14 football players, I've seen both, student-athletes and I also saw football players, they have tested positive for COVID-19. And as a result, they uh, they suspended workouts immediately because they thought that was a uh, – they, they thought that spike for them was something that they, they really couldn't handle. They weren't ready to handle that. They thought they had a plan in place and that they could quarantine these young people, give them protocol, give them guidelines – and we're starting to see, that's one of these examples, it's going to be really hard to be able to control young people mm-hmm. and tell them 18 to 22-year-olds what to do, where they can go, when they can do it, when you don't really have control over them 24 hours a day. And that's a result of it. I mean, it, it literally was them going to a party. It was two different parties that happened. K-State football players went to the parties. Boom. Uh, obviously, someone there was infected with COVID-19. And because it is... It is highly infectious is yes. what we're finding out. It's highly infectious. Because of that, it didn't take much uh, for those guys to end up being transmitted with it as well. U of H, they had six symptomatic student-athletes uh, mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago, and they suspended off-season workouts as, as a result. The symptoms, because a lot of these have been asymptomatic. Anytime you have actual symptoms, mild, even you know whatever it is, I think that makes, I think that, that, that makes uh, the – institutions a little bit more cautious because worst case scenario will be something happens to one of these young people. The word about the COVID-19 has been, well, it the mortality rates are extremely low and minuscule when it comes to young people. Nothing to worry about. Most of them are asymptomatic. But if one of those kids has underlying issues that they don't know about, that mm-hmm. could be a disaster. LSU players, uh, they had 30 players in quarantine. They didn't really specific, specific, specifically say, all right, if I can speak, specifically say, how many players tested positive? They just had 30 players in quarantine. Of course, we know Texas had 17 players, uh, 13 that tested positive, four that tested positive for the antibodies, 10 more in quarantine because of contact tracing. Uh, UCLA players actually were upset with the oversight for COVID-19 safety protocols. Mm-hmm. So they are asking for a third-party oversight yeah, the independent committee entity yeah, to, to be able in. to look at what the UCLA football program and what their uh, their athletic program is yeah. doing in regards to COVID-19. So it's, it's crazy. It's all over the place. Uh, Florida also has uh, positive cases with their athletic mm-hmm. department as well with student-athletes. Then you had Clemson in addition to and that. Clemson, yeah, Clemson was like that. 23 of their 28 athletes were yep. ones. And you brought up LSU being 30 in self-quarantine. Well, in theory, when you look at, just for context, at Texas, at the time, not counting the four anybody guys, but you had 13 when Texas had 23 in self-isolation or self-quarantine it was 13 cases, so that can yeah. sort of give you a gauge that you maybe had a, even more there at LSU either way when you're shutting down entire school team workouts. Now, the K-State one is one that is really relevant, the idea that you show up. Now, there ha- can be testing issues on false negatives, That's but true. for the Could whole group to have that happen is nearly impossible, you would think, and it just shows that just co-mingling in these environments and it's what you're sort of afraid of going mm-hmm. on to campus and the reason why you're getting all these tests going in and and I just said, uh, t- brought it up to you in the uh, break. It was or right before we started the show. Tony Plo- 
Tony Plohetsky, I always get his name wrong from the Statesman, he yeah. put out the CDC guideline. They did just did a report on that UT Cabo trip just from a few spring breakers oh, yeah. and how yeah. it ended up turning that. into now. And this is straight up from the CDC. This is like the most comprehensive, like it's a scientific report, many pages, <laughs> and it has like it a lot a of thorough stuff. investigation. Oh, my God, They want yeah. to find out how they widespread it could have been. traced it all, okay. and it ended up being 64 people resulted from it. And it all started with just... Oh, 64 on that trip who well, traveled back? No, three were. It started with contacts of three. So the whole issue that they at least found out was whenever got back to the States, yeah. three people were symptomatic. So they thought mm. it was just like maybe three. But then because now you can go back and contact Trace and see who, who they had interacted had with yeah. at the time in yeah. Mexico, the travel back, yeah. and then here. They have attached 64 people, and wow. so that can just sort of give you a context is exactly with kids from UT in a situation where if you just bring a couple to an environment, yep. what it can really reach out and become. That's and that's just where you go and look at the different numbers. So those 64 the, kids went around the country, uh, from different parts of the country, too. Yes, so wow. 50 ended up being symptomatic at, at testing time by the end of it. 14 were asymptomatic, so it even showed that wow, that's that a pretty dangerous group. That is a symptoms. dangerous group, yeah. Because that, I mean, the best case scenario is that, oh, they're asymptomatic. Oh, they're asymptomatic. It's like, okay, that's great, that's great. And even that you know, people, we just don't, we're real, we're uncertain and we're ignorant about this COVID-19 mm-hmm. virus. There could be damage done even to asymptomatic people. We just don't have enough sample size, enough time that has lapsed in between the infection and between the, the uh, you know, the different surges in the virus to be able to do the research to find out, oh, mm-hmm. is there some damage to for asymptomatic people too? There's a discussion people are having that that could be, uh, another talking point later on. Exactly, and I found some sound. It was uh, a couple nights ago whenever I had seen this doctor all through, because, you know, in quarantine, I learned a lot about different doctors that would be on TV and oh, they'd just God. be talking, and I there's know. some brilliant people I never heard people. of before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it is. This guy, William, Thank God for him. Yes, William Hazeltine is this guy that he's, he did groundbreaking work on HIV and AIDS, did it on cancer. He founded two wings of the Harvard Medical School Department on these two What's things. What's his name again? William Hazeltine. Wow. Yeah, okay. so a guy he has degrees from Cal Berkeley, right, Harvard, right and MIT okay. are his alma maters. But anyways, I heard him just a few nights ago, and he brought up this thing I had never heard of as ground glass opacity, and it's very technical, and it sounds confusing, but it isn't, and he explains here that it just basically, if you're asymptomatic now, as it was when you were, say, back 50 years ago and didn't know that you could smoke cigarettes for a long time and not know that 50 years later your lungs can have issues with these mm-hmm. things, and just the idea that you don't exactly know now, and even if you're asymptomatic and don't have anything hurting you yeah. currently, it can still have scarring and cause issues that can end up being something that could possibly long-term hurt you. It's a new realization that the people who think that they've gotten off scot-free because they're young and they've just been infected, it turns out if you do a CAT scan, they've been very severely infected in their lungs. They just don't know it yet. It's like having cancer, but not yet being diagnosed. Their lungs, 60% of them have what is called ground glass opacity, which is gonna show up later as a serious lung disease. So these young people who think they're getting off scot-free, oh, I got infected. It's not scot-free. They are affected and it will cause them harm.
And see, when you hear that, it's sort of mm-hmm. something that will jump out That's to you because you don't think about those things until somebody that is actually educated can bring it up. Like you can have opinions like you and I do, and you can try to assume stuff, but it's really hard to get it. But when you hear that from a doctor, it actually makes me think about all the student athletes out there because I remembered hearing the exact quote from Von Miller because everybody remembers Von Miller. Yeah. Von Miller First is a, NFL player to get it. Yes, to be, exactly. Yeah, also sport. roots here in Texas no where doubt. COVID roots seem to be. Smart very, guy, yep. very intelligent, exactly. but also, in I mean, one of the best athletes in the league. Yes, and <laughs> this was uh, exact quotes from Miller. This was after he recovered, and he said it took him about 17 days to recover. He still wasn't oh. fully recovered when given these quotes, but was able to at least talk to USA Today's Chris Bumbaka. And he says, the first four or five days, I was honestly nervous. I wouldn't say that I thought I was going to die. But it did cross my mind a little bit. <laughs> and that's coming from Von Miller. He's like, I still feel my lungs trying to get back in shape. Wow. He told them, he's like, it's just all the wear and tear it puts on your lungs. My lungs were constricting. As a guy that's used a nebulizer, like, you know, your basic asthma yeah. inhaler growing up and stuff, said it didn't feel like it was supposed to. That was the most frightening part, just going to sleep knowing that my oxygen levels could drop and I could wake up and have to go to the hospital. And this was after he was done and able to recover, but it still sort of conveys the point yeah. that if you're in the peak shape of your life you it still can, can maybe have hard. it happen and tony baselli told the same stories he's a guy that i hear on uh radio a lot and he said it laid him out for more than five weeks mentally physically still wasn't able to get through it and he had a similar quote to one of von miller when he said well you know it was kind of fuzzy remembering the pulmonologist say and just hearing Tony Baselli talk about pulmonologists <laughs> and stuff is something that I never thought I would hear. He's hey, like, we're all learning new terms. Yes, yes. <laughs> so he's like, well, they're going to get your oxygen stabilized, and then you can maybe get to the next level. But he's like, I remember laying there and saying, what do you mean if this doesn't work? Like, he didn't even enter his mind. Like, a guy like him, there's an if this doesn't work option. He's we might like, have to put you we on don't something know to what, help you breathe. <laughs> yeah, and it says, we don't know what direction we're going to go yeah, to. Exactly. And he was in ICU. He was he, Now, he was never a guy that had to go on to the uh, full ventilator. ventilator. And all that, yeah. He's like, I, I, I don't know if I was ever like I thought I was going to die, but I remember having the conversation with myself that I don't want to die here. And then Tony Baselli follows up this morning. I had an egg for breakfast, an egg. And that's Tony Baselli, who's like a 300-pound super beast of a man that still couldn't get his no appetite. appetite. And that's five weeks. And they weeks. say you lose your taste buds, right? Yep, that's yep. The symptoms Von Miller said the same thing. He's wow. like, also experienced a loss of taste and smell with no appetite. His diet suffered. So he said he's still, I saw some quotes from him a couple weeks he ago. He said it took him 17 days to recover. Yep. And he couldn't, he still, he he's felt still like his recovering. lungs. And this is a guy that plays in Denver. Yes, that, that's <laughs> going to be tough. lungs have been training for a long time mm-hmm. to deal, you know what I mean? To, and that's not even talking about great points there. Remember so Ryan the guy, Clark couldn't even play because of lung issues in certain stadiums? Yeah. Like, there are a lot of guys that, that have, have compromised. Larry Nance yeah. Jr., if he wasn't on the Cavs, if he was on a good basketball good team, point. he couldn't even be allowed to play because of he has also has respiratory <sighs> issues. So wow. there's a lot of stuff, fingerlings, that these doctors no, are talking about that's pretty hardcore. No, it is. It's a concern. Obviously, the I, I think the college's are at least the ones that have the resources yeah. are trying their best to be as cautious as possible. The scary part is, you know, Texas, we talking about Texas, LSU, Clemson, who've had issues. Hell, even K-State is yep. a big-time Power 5 football mm-hmm. program. You know, what happens to these guys who are basically mid-majors to on the lower end of the totem pole yeah. when it comes Texas to State resources and money? County. How are they going? There's no way. This yeah. is why the concerns in high school, right, we just had uh, – you had Lake Travis – 
Um, you mm-hmm. had Bowie. You Great had Austin point. High. Lake Travis just shut down. They just shut down. LaGrange, Bastrop, San Marcos, all these high schools shut down because I think there were a couple of positive tests at yeah. different schools. And what is troubling, I believe those those guys were tested because, you know, their families tested them. Well, I don't it, think the Lake sp- Travis actually Lake had Tra- just started to have kids okay. come back for a fall pro or a summer program, which so, I don't need. They had yeah. the guys showing so Lake up. Lake Travis t- can't afford to do it, yes, and Westlake it. can't afford Those to do it. Those are the only ones. But that's about it. Yeah, you, you know ain't what I mean? Gonna get that in so any public schools. It, it's going to be of them. exactly. So how do you how how are you going to promote safety in a time of a pandemic mm-hmm. when you can't even guarantee that you can have everybody in the locker room who is negative or? Yeah. Because football is the worst sport to play for this. It's going to transfer everywhere. It's so much contact. It's so much contact. You've got to be so close. The locker room alone is a a, a bacteria trap. Yes, I know. Normally it's a bacteria trap anyway. People get staph infections all the time. time. (laughs) No, that's the truth, though. It is. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers had multiple issues. Now you're talking about putting all these young kids breathing in recycled air, which they say is, is a droplet disease, basically a droplet infection. So a lot of it is passed through kind of person-to-person contact, being in the COVID cloud of somebody else. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's uh, – hell, I mean, we do – thank God we're in a no-huddle uh, offenses these days because, I mean, I don't, I don't right. know how – Sean McVay said Offense the best. Alignment. Sean McVay said, I don't know how we're going to play football and socially distance ourselves. It's impossible. It's And that's what John Harbaugh said. John Harbaugh said – we're going to try to abide by all these guidelines and protocols the NFL has given us, but he said it's humanly impossible. Yes, to to play football mm-hmm. for us to implement A game, game plans, all that, and then also socially distance ourselves. So yeah. you know, I mean, we'll, we'll see exactly how long. How, how long they can go by the NFL, at least the professional leagues have a ton of money to throw at the problem, which the lower we get when the trickle down economics of sports, that is part of the problem at the lowest levels of college and the lowest levels of amateur sports in high school. There's no way you can test the kids. They just don't have the money and the resources to do it. Yeah, and you'll see, and I remember us talking about this uh, a couple months ago when we were just trying to theorize what could be the possible ways to deal with this come fall. Like, And I remember talking about, well, you know, if you're a school like Texas, you need to pay for your non-conference teams that are the teams that don't have the money to pay for their tests if possible in those oh, situations. That's a good point. Yeah. Because you saw, like, it was the FCS uh, – Patriot League was the first one. It was yesterday. They haven't fully announced it yet, but it looks as if they're going to – this is from Pat Forty that it seems destined to cancel some and perhaps all of their non-conference games, which affects FBS because they have some high-level FCS teams, and that they're going to basically start – this is another one. Expect them to announce today that – one second, let me pull it up. Uh, cancel some, if not all of them. So, yeah, so, like, they still haven't pulled. I thought today we may have some news by Wednesday. This was all coming out on Monday. But still, when you look at it, when you have certain leagues already looking at the idea that, well, yeah, we can push back our season a month is what the Patriot League said that their plan was to do, and they can play their league schedule then. Now, Texas and LSU, that's one where both schools can afford, you know, the situations. But in all of these cases across the board, you already pay these schools – for them to play, you pay them play. a million, yeah. so you Might as well better provide so another the testing 250, for them thousand just to get to everybody tested. And, and, the, yeah. and they need these games because those no, things pay for entire – because these smaller schools – 
not only does football in every program pay for the rest of the programs, but they even matter more when you have that huge non-conference no game where you get eight hundred fifty thousand yeah. dollars. They can't. Exactly. That's more than a gate receipt. You know, yeah, no doubt. That's actually you're right. That is actually supporting not only their other sports, but it's supporting the football program itself. So if they don't get that game, they can't afford. And it's helping your own players not yeah. get it. And no, I agree with you. I think I think your idea is right on the money. I think the big time schools that can't afford it, mm-hmm. they will probably have to pay for the schools that can't. This ultimately. When this pandemic is over and we've seen the toll that it's taken on society as a whole and, of course, our economy. And it's, it's so sad, obviously, that so many people have lost their jobs and that people are losing their lives. Yes. That's the most important thing. More than 120,000 in America. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's starting to become number. staggering. It's starting to become staggering. And, and the thing about it is it's creeping closer and closer to everybody. And, I, and we talked about this weeks ago. Mm-hmm. We were doing the show at Onion Creek Club. Yep. We said at one point it's going to start getting closer to you. Bob Cole. Yep. Bob Cole. So in this office right now. The you Coke know, wing. The, yeah, Bob Cole, who we love, and everybody's praying for Bob Cole, and I think the symptoms are very, very mild, and yep. I've heard he's doing really, really well. Uh, but Bob Cole, turned out he's got COVID-19. So yep. everybody here, your degrees of separation with this virus are, mm-hmm. is going to start shrinking considerably. Yes. It's going it, to it's, it's gonna get right next to you somehow, and hopefully it's not – you know, people that you love, and hopefully it's not heart symptoms, but that's why we got to start taking it a little bit more seriously. And we got to live our lives. We got to got to get the economy going. I understand that. Mm-hmm. But, man, the mass, the, the social distancing, you know, the things that the people who are the foremost authorities in infectious disease are telling us to do, the basic things that we can do, we got to start admitting as a society I don't give a damn what side of aisle you're on. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, I, I know we, we've tried to plead with those out there who don't want to wear masks and don't want to social distance and don't think it's a big deal why they should take it seriously. Hey, because you should be trying to save. You should do it for your fellow man. Yes. Do it for your fellow citizen. Do it for your, your friend's grandmother because, I you know, hopefully that somebody in Louisiana is doing this for my mom and yep. they're socially distancing and they're wearing their masks because I can't see my mom and I can't protect her. So yep. hopefully I'm, I'm, I'm relying on my fellow citizen to do that. I'm going to do the same thing for his, his grandmother or somebody else's mom too mm-hmm. just because I'm thinking about the older people who are at high risk. But we've... But do it Americans, for each other. Americans are selfish, so they've said screw that. They're not gonna. They're not yep. doing it for the. But they like football. This, but you do it for sports. Yes, you everybody like loves sports on any do side of the football. aisle. So do it for not just football. No, yeah. no, because it's football. No, fans. you're right. You're soccer right. for if you're a soccer fan. If you're a baseball fan. If you're a basketball fan. If you're a football fan. Somebody out there listening, you're a fan of sports, and I don't give a damn if you love Donald Trump or you hate Donald Trump or you love Joe Biden or hate Joe Biden. Yep. Sports is one of those things that unites us all. If you want sports, wear your effing mask. Yes. Socially distance yourself. Treat that other person over there like they have the disease and treat yourself like you have the disease and you yep. don't want to give it to anybody. That is the only way we're going to have sports. That's the only way we're going to keep this economy going. If we don't, if we don't, yep. it's only going to get Worse. Yes. And, That's it. In fact, that's my PSA. No, you're you know I don't give man. a damn. I'm, I'm not getting political. Yep. And I was just pandering to our fans of football. But exactly. It, <laughs> but you're, but you're right. But fans, if you love sports, if you love everything, yeah. yeah. If you love going out to eat, or if you love oh, going, yeah. everything, hey, like across you love the live board. music again. Yes, Come on, exactly. Man. A concert. If you love a marathon, they just canceled another marathon. If you man, I, all I just, sorts of stuff. I just I miss our everyday life. I love my fellow citizens. I don't want nobody else to get this crap. You know, what I mean. Well, I, friends, family, or people I don't know at all. I wanted to. I want us to flatten the curve and ultimately get a vaccine and put put this thing. You know, 
I not out of its misery because it's hard to. I don't think we've ever can like eradicate a, nope, a but virus and stuff. But hopefully, flu you can get it down to where it's flu numbers, and that's what kind of danger it is to society. Yep, yeah. get it down as if it's just a seasonal, you know, uh, issue that after you get a, a vaccine, you'll be able to deal. You'll with be it. able to deal with it. Yeah. And exactly. hell, half the people don't take flu vaccines. I, had, I, don't, I, I don't think I had a flu shot in a while. And now because I'm against it, I nope. just, it just No, they I weren't even available. And, and like it yeah. was until my parents were like older that yeah. it was never even fathomed in my family to go do it just because like you never but, even knew about it till like the late 90s. At least I didn't. Yeah. No, exactly. So uh, I'm just throwing it out there. Love, love everybody. But, you know, let's 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 do our damn part. Yeah, it was yesterday when we were trying to figure out if we were doing the show and I saw that it was like, yep, only instruction evacuate from the coke wing, the Bob Cole thing. And I was like, wow, it's how it happens so close to home. And it's why I texted you last week whenever it was bizarre when the PGA happened, but it happened to be Nick Watney who married a girl Mm -hmm. I went to high school with. And close circles circles of partying friends, like my partying crowd was his wife and her friends and all them from Bowie at the same age. So then whenever I found out, though, that – it was Watney's crew. I was like, well, it makes sense considering Austin and Travis and Hayes and this mm. area was such an exploding area. And yep. then that second golfer was also from Texas. So, like, it just seems to be if you're around those hot spots. And, hell, Sergio Garcia got lucky. He was on the same private plane yeah. alongside Watney, and he didn't get it. You know, it also, yeah. like, if you are being respectful, they, yeah. they, they don't know where it comes thing, from. thing, right? Djokovic exactly. comes out already. His wife comes out already. And Djokovic started. He wanted to have the, the, ch- the charity tournament. Yep. Saw in that Serbia and, and every a lot of the the tennis uh, a lot of, you know a lot of the tennis players his peers they disagreed with it said it was irresponsible yep. he said he was going through with it he said he was going through all the protocols mm-hmm. but turns out there's a video of them having a party yeah. the night before the tournament or yep. at least one of the night before one of the matches and they believe that's where the infection spread because you see the video of the that's party that's when Jokic got it yeah yeah they said Jokic, Jokic got, got it there at that party, party. Cause they're both from Serbia, yes, right? Yes, she was. They, Jokic got it from Djokovic, is what so the NBA Jokic world. So Jokic has it. Jokic from got Djokovic. it. The wife has it. Uh, Wayne like Brady's four, gonna have to. There are four players that that have it now. Tennis players. They were all at that party. That is how it eventually spreads. Like that. It, the, the virus doesn't move. You know. It doesn't. We the people move, move it. the virus. It doesn't move. We move it. It's us that's spreading the virus, and the virus will set the timeline. We're seeing that now. The virus will set the timeline. So, I mean, in sports, if y'all want sports, I agree, man. Let's do our part. To to hell with the political uh, relevancy of it and to hell with trying to save your fellow man because y'all don't give a damn about that. And that's all good. We're in America and that's fine. But if you care about sports and we all do, damn it, let's let's get back to it. Yes, because I saw baseball uh, (laughs) looking at the opening odds now that they're coming back. Your Astros, 11 to 1 odds to win the the title. So get that back together. And then looking at other random bubble news, the Longhorns have been sort of in the top of the news scene that Avery Bradley's not going to play. I saw that. Yep, yep. So there's a handful of those going around. But other than that, with Texas, now we'll just wonder how the Longhorns are going to be able to slowly – creep into the fall workouts yeah no it's gonna be interesting to see and, and this is one other thing about COVID before we move on to actual football stuff because i want to talk about anthony cook a little bit yep and then we got some other nudes and nuggets that we'll stuff in uh to the second half of the show before we're done it, it i wonder what number because we've seen 23 of 28 clemson football players right they are uh, athletes at clemson 23 of them were football players i was gonna say 23 of the 28 to 10 yeah, yeah. possible football players and you see at you know, LSU, we don't know the numbers, but 30 players in quarantine. Texas had 17 players, 13 tested positive, four with the antibodies. I wonder what number 
they have set where hmm. we're suspending workouts. It's done and we're moving on. Because K State, obviously, their number was around 14. Yeah. When they got 14, they were like, whoa, 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 dude. Too we many. thought we'd have one or two or three. We got 14. All right, suspend everything. Let's send everybody back. With everybody that prior information, that also seems right? to be because it was obvious K State was maybe the issue being on campus, not the school and the entity, but going from no cases when they get tested in to now they have 14, they knew that something going on there had to happen. That'd be if, like, say, Texas were to go do another round of testing and have even more, that could start to lend to that Which tipping point. they should point. be doing. Exactly. Yeah. Agreed. And it may, <laughs> not to say that that may happen. It's just I think that's what was the reason K-State pulled the trigger. Houston, when their numbers, well, say they, they didn't six, like six, and that was it. But it was symptomatic. Yeah. They weren't asymptomatic. They, were, they were actually they had symptoms. Like, yeah. all of them had symptoms, mm-hmm. and they – they, I think their concern was that is this like a particular strand of the COVID nineteen here too. that's making people like get sicker than normal here because that was group. young people. Those yeah. are young people, and they're, they're supposed to be asymptomatic. And the UT Austin Co, uh, Cabo group, that according to the CDC, whenever it came back, that that little yeah. pod of that vacation resulted in those sixty four cases. Yeah, fifty of them were symptomatic. Crazy. So that would align to where yeah, it could that make a lot of out. sense that there could be different strains because we don't know. And the thing is, is this thing evolved? It from nothing like it wasn't in humans until like six or se- seven eight months ago and who knows and it's nobody scary. can forecast yeah. uh, evolution you can start to look at things yep. but whenever it's reacting i know enough from hearing doctors talk about antibodies oh, yeah. and how if you are a strong human you actually are fueling the virus because if you're a strong yeah, it's fighting yeah. antibodies it's, it's strengthening building, to bounce back and yeah. forth it's and evolving then, based on your dna yeah your so that's why yeah, the asymptomatic people were viewed initially to be some of the most viral contagions because mm. they cannot have the symptoms not know it and knowingly so spread it, it but also possibly be spreading a stronger version than they mm. inherited because their body is fighting it and strengthening it, which makes those. Because I remember the first study I saw was like 26 people traveling. It was overseas, and they pulled out a test of the seven that tested positive, but the four asymptomatic ones were the most viral contagions, yeah. and the three with symptoms weren't. So it's just evolving and never going to truly know. It's just reacting to the data as fast as you can, and that's what these schools seem to be doing in some of these situations. <laughs> Biological warfare. Yeah, we're, we're going to war with the COVID. Yeah, it's uh, it's fascinating. It is fascinating stuff. But uh, as it relates to sports, I just wonder what number for every institution is the red alert. Yeah, you know I, bet I mean, some what type for, of for Texas, rate. right? Is it is it twenty? We go okay, reevaluate everything, shut everything down. Let's go back to square one. Yeah. I'm sure every t- every institution has that number. And then every institution's different in its housing capabilities and all these things in the summer because not many situations where you have kids anywhere on campus. So in theory, you can self-isolate and self-quarantine these situations, but you're trusting that the kids are going it's to It's not be like you can go lock them in. You, no, can't you can't just go legally lock them in. So it's really dealing with yeah. the honesty. That's where a coach, like we were talking about it last week and how Herman is a guy that seems to be, have a good relationship with these players, but still like any coach, it isn't that friend relationship where maybe you are willing to be 
brutally honest and mm-hmm. be totally transparent. I knew that when I was a kid, I loved my parents more than anything. I hid yep. all sorts of stuff from them. Like mm-hmm. that, it's the same idea. Like whenever you're in college, you know, like you can love the coach and do all the yep. things. And but like hell, so a lot of people hide things from their significant others or from their kids or mm-hmm. like you know. So if we're getting it to that point, it really comes down to how much do you trust these people being responsible on their just how you open the show. If do you care for each other then you are understanding the precautions that need to be made. If you are being selfish, by definition, you mm-hmm. are being selfish. And yeah. It's that simple. It's almost like the golden rule if you really do want to do well. Thanks. Great way of putting it. Uh, all right, let's talk about Anthony Cook. This, yes. this did not take a lot of people by surprise because based on a previous tweet from Anthony Cook that was later deleted, we know there's been something going on. We don't, June 12th was when that happened. Uh, that yeah, day. and obviously I'll just paraphrase, but the tweet basically said that he was no longer going to play football and it had nothing to do with anybody or anything, which I have no idea what that means. Yes, uh, He deleted that tweet, and uh, Josh Thompson, I think other players had tweeted mm-hmm. out something along the lines of, we good, it's all good, guys don't blow it out of proportion, nothing mm-hmm. to see here. Well, uh, it was announced yesterday that I think at first it was announced, and I saw it different places. I think I saw it uh, different. Uh, Inside Texas had it. Uh, mm-hmm. A couple of uh, Anwar threw it out there too. Uh, that they he was going to leave football. He what they they didn't say anything about a transfer portal. They were just saying he was going to leave football. Later on, Horns two four seven. My man Jeff Howe reported that he was indeed uh, landing into the transfer portal, and not only would he be leaving. Uh, the University of Texas is a football program, but he will be heading to the transfer portal to play somewhere else. Uh, I will say this. I think at its – we don't know what's going on off the field with Anthony Cook. I mm-hmm. assume something's happening off the field with him. Now, whether that is because of football or whether that just involves football and that's part of it, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I don't know, and I'm not really going to speculate about it. But I assume maybe there's something else going on. But the football matter of it is that I think he looked at – the situation he was in, that he was placed in. Remember, they moved him to nickel and moved him to the spur yep. where he was going to compete with Chris Adamora. He's going to compete with B.J. Foster. Thompson. Maybe. Josh Thompson they're going to throw in there. He's going to compete with all those guys. And I think in looking at the nickel right now, hell, I'd say at least two of those guys I would consider more compatible with Chris Ash's definition of a nickel and a spur mm-hmm. than Anthony Cook. One thing to consider about Anthony Cook, I think he wanted to play on the outside. I think that's where he, he ideally wanted to be because he's a technician. I know that because I'm a technician. And the beauty of playing on the outside as a technician is you can you can learn how to master a certain technique because you replicate it and rep it over and over again, mm-hmm. right? Think about the outside receiver. He's he's running the same the first three, four yards for him is pretty much the same every time. They literally teach wide receivers to make sure the beginning of their routes all look alike. They try yeah. to mimic the same, uh, you know, kind of the same get off every time. It's like a pitcher's arm motion. Yeah. You don't want to tip and then your they'll change it up based on the route they're running. Exactly. So, as a corner, based on if you're going to do the check step, if you're going to do a uh, bell technique, you're doing bump and run, maybe you're going to do the, I think uh, Chris Ash calls it the shadow technique, you can almost rep the same technique over and over and over again and master it and become mm-hmm. a master of that footwork and technique. It's almost Re- like karate. Yes, because like you're, you're doing the same thing you're over and over again, right? Your opponent's and I think for Anthony Cook, who was a technician, all right, keep that in mind, playing the nickel, there, there's there's not a lot of technique to it. There's technique, of course, and when mm-hmm. you take on the blocks and your leverage, things like that, but in terms of being able to work the same technique at the start, at the snap, every time, that's not going to happen at nickel. First of nope. all, wide receiver's got a two-way go. 
Mm-hmm. Right? As opposed to you having the sideline as uh, as another defender to help you to, to to maintain leverage with that wide receiver when you're playing on the outside. You could be just playing run support. Hell, mm-hmm. he come down and just crack down on you. You never know. All right, then you got to be a linebacker. You could be blitzing. You could be the blitzer. You could be taking on a lineman. You could be taking on a fullback, a tight yep. end. There's a number. It's just so many different variations of what you could be doing as a defender at nickel, and it happens that much quicker. Mm -hmm. I prioritize instinct over technique at nickel. Give me Quandre. Give me a guy that's just, when when the action happens, he can can be physical. He's got great ball skills. Mm -hmm. Give me the guy that's just a damn athlete that is just great instincts. That's why Aaron Aaron Williams was at Mm -hmm. that nickel spot. Nathan Vasher, that's the guy you want at nickel. Uh, The guy you want at corner, you do. You want more of a technician. Now, I'm not saying you have to have that, but in Anthony Cook's case, I think he looked at that depth chart, looked at the position he was in and said, I'm not going to thrive at nickel. Self-awareness. His, his, he his, knows. Yeah. He looked in the mirror and said, I'm not going to thrive at nickel. I need to be out at corner. Now, corner, you got Deshaun Jameson. You got Jalen Green. Mm-hmm. Uh, now you got Kenyatta Watson, which all those guys, except for Deshaun Jameson, but Tom Herman loves Deshaun Jameson. I can tell you right now, has yeah. a man crush on him because he likes the fact that Deshaun Jameson gets beat but also comes back and makes plays. His, his confidence is never shattered because of that. And you want a corner who has a short memory, who's going to forget about the bad play, and he's going to make a good play. That's Deshaun Jameson. He's going to yep. get beat. He's going to get beat, but he's also going to make plays. Anthony Cook, if he gets beat, sometimes he gets in a hole, and it's hard for him to dig himself out at hole. Kobe Boyce had that problem. That's a confidence issue with Anthony Cook. And I think he was gaining confidence as he played more before the injury, but now in this situation, with no spring, by the way, yeah. to, to, to prove himself, I think he saw, man, I got to get out of here. I got to go find a different opportunity because this will be a wasted year for me. I'm not mm-hmm. going to see the field as much as I would like. Yeah, and he, while he still has time before his you know draft eligibility in those regards, like you could Two stick years. around, but if you – Waste a year of eligibility, and then you're trying you transfer. It wouldn't. I mean, if you're sitting out a year, it's not going to mm. work. And then you're yep. even one year older for the draft, which makes no sense. So, if there is a time to leave, it's right now. Yep. And you know, like you would like to have that debt, but like you said, you know, and people know this. The more and more that fantasy footballs came in, but there's a big difference between being that cornerback in a traditional corner and being it something is. that is that nickel. And you it put is. up the perfect examples of those guys having to be comfortable in the chaos, instinctive, exactly have right. to have the ability, like you said, I mean, you got to go every single way and you go from your Tavon Austins to the, your use checks to your wide receiver to C.D. Lamb. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, yeah, and then you're trying to go in between linebackers and oh, like man. you Run can't fits. be the technician it's going to get you out of like at first yeah. it doesn't even fit the situation and then whenever you know that you have tools that have been viewed as highly elite top end tools it doesn't matter where you go like go to school they're going to find the guy if it has those right. NFL tools and if you exhibit them in a short amount of time you can still sort of get back the value because all you have to do is prove yourself it is sort of that clean slate we've talked about about mm-hmm. Texas being an area that the NFL goes yep. to because Texas doesn't develop them and it doesn't really in this situation matter exactly whose fault it was. The NFL is probably going to view this guy as, man, that's one of the best corners in the nation coming out. Look at mm-hmm. that frame. Look at that skill set. And then if he can go and get onto the field, that's the only way that he can change 
the message, not yeah. the measurables. His measurables are going to be fine, oh, but no it's doubt. all about his message, and he wants to get something on tape. And you'll have fans that say, well, why don't you just stick it out? It's like, well, it's his career and it's his future. And if you're at a tipping point collegiately, it's like changing a major or something mm-hmm. like that. People do these things all the time to make your situation most advantageous for your future. And if that's the case for him, more power to him. I heard, though, you bringing up the idea that it would have been Houston Lamar guys on the outside oh, if I thought he it would stuck be. around. And I remember us talking about this briefly because it isn't exactly the same because across the country I couldn't think of any other school to have that type of situation oh, no. until I brain farted. And it's a little bit of a technicality because they're twins, but they're from my high school as safeties. And when Michael and Marcus led Texas in tackles in 2006. Uh, okay, yeah. So Michael and Marcus That's started true. as safeties and I didn't know until I did the research Research. It was 126 tackles for Michael, 90 for Marcus. Ended up across the board leading the team in tackles and in both solos. So it's pretty crazy that to think of. Crazy. Now it's because they're twins. It's not exactly two random guys yeah. from the same high school yeah. because of the depth. It's like the Boo- I think McCordy's did that too. Yeah, Bowie Night High Ave, School. Yeah, yeah I, I, I don't it, know where the McCordy's went, they but they something tells me they yep. probably did that too. Yes, you're probably right yeah. about that too. But that's just the one odd technicality, and I was like, yeah, no, that's dumb. good. You went to high school. Or I never thought about them. that. No, you're right about that. That's uh, damn. I never realized it, but you're right. Now it's safety, now corner, but man, that's. That's rare. I don't know oh, if that it's ever so happens. Rare. Well, I can throw out the technicality of twins. Like, that's the only way that you can get a technicality in there because Bowie's had Victor Ike, those two, and maybe hey, a couple other DRs, but that's about it. Icky Ike. But oddly, we went to those two high schools where you could sort of think about that and can't think of really any other examples. Yeah, it's got to be um, the McCordys because they both yep. went to Rutgers. Yep. They are a year apart, so Devin is older Nope, sorry, Jason, I think, is older than Devin. Or oh, one of those. I'm probably mixing it up. Uh, and they both went to Rutgers. So I don't know if they both – but I don't – they started in the same segment, but I don't know if they both played safety or a corner. I think one of them may be on the corner and one's a safety. Yeah. And then then the league, they both end up playing either or. Yeah, and it, exactly like, you know, these two and the Griffins were both at safety, which was odd. Yeah. Damn good, though, production from them. That's it still, combined still pretty for, rare, though. Yeah, they yeah. combined for 13 PBUs. They had, uh, what, it was six Didn't, force fumbles, three fumble recoveries. Is Marcus still here? Uh, Marcus, I I think he was getting into law enforcement last time I I'll pull up his Facebook page. He, I know that he's uh, doing a lot of really good stuff. I know he wanted to get into law enforcement, but that was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. I remember Cedric Griffin did a little, or not Cedric Griffin. Cedric Golden did a little piece on him, and uh, that was the last I had heard about anything Marcus was doing. Marcus, very funny guy. He's he was the quiet one of the two. Marcus was? Yes. He was literally the quietest human ever. Like, we rode the same bus from, like, 7th grade through 10th grade, and Michael was the one that would maybe comment on a thing or two. But Marcus was just a nice guy. You could tell he had that, you know, sometimes whenever you're keeping your thoughts to yourself, it's because you're thinking a lot and you're a really smart person. Yeah, no, that's no. I agree with you. Um, okay, so just to clear it up so we can move on, Devin McCourty was drafted in 2010. And I think Jason was drafted in 2009. So either one left early or one must have redshirted. Yep. I mean, I had twins, so, they, you know. I yep. want, I'm sure one's older by like a half a half second. second. <laughs> like Michael, but, Michael's yeah. the older one. Is he? Yes. Okay, yeah, like obviously I'm sure they brag about that. But, yeah, that's pretty, yeah you're right. Those are only two examples 
that I can think. I'm sure there's another one somewhere out that there. That isn't but a technicality. There, there aren't there aren't many like that, man. Nope, that's still rare. Yeah, but we should brag about that more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember it was just I a, brag was, about that. I was calling one of the games. Yeah, they retired Michael's number finally just like three or four years ago while I, I was doing a game at Burger Center and it happened to be like a and they did I think against Lake Travis when Bowie probably just got obliterated. But yeah, yeah. yeah it comes with the territory when you're now in the same district as Lake. No, Travis. I've heard stories about uh, Griff. Uh, well, Michael. Griff in there and i heard he was a monster yep he was i know it was so hilarious so just, a just to give context to the people when you grew up like in south austin i don't know but high school football wasn't like it is in the rest of the city sort of like austin's bizarro world so yeah. i had went to one buoy football game my entire life until senior year but my girlfriend was a dancer so i was going to see her dance at nice. halftime so i had to go and like it was my some guys i played baseball with that <laughs> were the quarterback but then it was the first play from scrimmage and it's a screen and michael griffin takes it 80 yards for a touchdown <laughs> and i was like damn michael because michael was always like i was a year older than him but he was always like my size like he was a big seventh grader you know when yeah, we were in yeah. Eighth grade. and yeah they won city in seventh grade where i knew michael and marcus were good and they would yeah, run yeah. the option together but this was whenever they were just safeties, and Marcus was the backup quarterback to Ty Branion, who is the Bowie OC now, and he huh. he backed up Reggie McNeil all the time at A and M. He's the oh, guy that w- with the clipboard next to Fran the entire time. Like he got in one time and came close to beating Oklahoma, but didn't the year after that seventy-seven zero beating that they had. But anyways, full circle to them, it was like wow, Bowie has been horrible. I haven't watched anything. We aren't good at all. And then you blow out. It was like Round Rock thirty-five nothing to like start the season and Michael Griffin is like one of the best Balling. players in the state and ends up being the guy mm. that goes to Texas and has like the biggest interception in school history. That's true, actually. Yeah. That was a great pick, too. And he owns the record for most block kicks in school history. And he's a local business owner. Yeah, yeah, cupcakes. You were talking about them yeah. cupcakes. Slanging them cupcakes. There you go. All right, uh, Gigi's. Give a shout out just in case, right? It's Gigi's Cupcakes. Gigi's Cupcakes. Gigi's cupcakes. Oh, cupcakes. Lake Travis. All right, um, getting back to the Anthony Cook thing, I I wouldn't worry, though. I wouldn't stress about it if you're a Longhorn fan. They got so much depth in that secondary. I mean, you got, I mean, just on the cornerback alone, I think Kenyatta Watson is going to give him a chance to step up. He's long, rangy, reminds me of a Legion of Boom corner. Mm -hmm. I've heard great things about him. So I expect him to end up, you know, being that solidifying that backup role behind Deshaun Jameson and Jalen Green and at safety, man, you got so many. You're so deep at safety. Yeah. I, I think a, the the first world problem Chris Ash is going to have is how do I get all my safeties on the field? And <laughs> good enough for uh, I, I think it's a you know also it's a bad problem, but I think Texas has a solution, at least a ready solution. You don't have great depth at linebacker. You don't have a lot of talent at linebacker. Probably your least talented position right now on the forty acres. That is the case. Just put more of them damn safeties out there. And you have very versatile safeties. I know Overshone's already playing linebacker. He's going to be out there. B.J. Foster is a versatile safety. You can probably put in a box a ton. Chris Brown has a physicality element to his game. You can throw him in a box. Hell, don't forget about Tyler Owens, who's huge. It's like six, what is he, six two, six three? Mm-hmm. Ran like a 10, 500 Crazy. meters. Just yeah, right. I think that guy can play a little bit in the box. He's yeah, a Gary. big guy that can match up. And, of course, we got Caden Stearns and, and of course, you know what I mean? Like, they, they got so many different guys. And I even talked about Josh Thompson and all those guys. They got so many different guys that can play safety for you. I think the biggest problem is getting those guys on the field. Anthony Cook was kind of going to be a dime, maybe complete for your nickel. I think he was going to get beat out for the nickel by B.J. Foster or by Adam Moore anyway. So mm-hmm. you're just looking for depth, and they got plenty of that. 
Yeah, and that's the Plenty thing. When you talk about trying to get them on the field, first off, I just love the way the NFL the last couple of years has finally – and Belichick did it back in, like, say, 30 years ago, but the idea of using and implementing 7 DBs because, like, mm-hmm. when you see those things happen at the top level, it makes coaches at the lower levels not as fearful to do anything as crazy. Clemson like, did it more than anybody this year, yeah. 7 DB well, when you have a guy like Isaiah Simmons, exactly. he can be technically <laughs> he can be DB. anything. Like, it's yeah. crazy. That's that. what I'm you got B.J. Foss and Overshaw, and you got a couple of those kind of Guys. And that's exactly where I think, like, I haven't heard it sourced anywhere, but B.J. Foster should be backing up Overshone. All the snaps that Overshone, because you don't yeah, expect a linebacker to play every single snap. Yeah. And whenever he needs to be relieved and you got to keep a linebacker on the field, B.J. Foster is almost that perfect type fit for that. And when you lose a guy like Cook, but you still have the depth at, sin- at corner and then at safety, just find the way to get all of them on the field. And if that implements or makes you implement a safety into a linebacker role or even two of them, why not do it? And Owens is a perfect example. What is he? What's it, his dimensions? I'll pull it up right now. Because he's uh, a freak, man. Yeah, and when, when you talked about his speed, it just reminded me right, totally of Gary meters? Johnson. Because Gary Johnson won a state in Alabama. That's true. That's true. And he was a middle linebacker. And he was – that shows you can get pretty big, too, if you put on some of that weight. And some of and these so, – can carry it well, and he's got a I good frame that. to carry it. You're right about. Remember that that defense, well, 2017. I mean, that the you how unique it was that the two linebackers, Malik Jefferson and yeah. Gary Johnson, could arguably be arguably be the top three to four fastest guys on the, the defense and on the team. They yeah. actually, yeah, I was like, you had so much speed on that defense, and you added the six defensive backs. Essentially, you had eight defensive backs on the field with those linebackers and their 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 speed ability and their ability to uh, run sideline to sideline. You essentially had eight DBs on the field all the time until in 2017 with that with that lightning package they yep, called it. Exactly. Yeah. And Tyler Owens, this is still last year's measurables because you don't have anybody really checking in and updating this. Yeah. So we probably put on some weight, but six two two ten. It's a big guy. I mean, that's and that, he, that's a that's his that's his high school body. Yeah, <laughs> and that's I mean, when you body. look at guys getting drafted, man, they aren't much bigger than that. You look at the All Big Twelve team. I remember looking at it last year and seeing guys across multiple teams being six one two fifteen around those lines. I know West Virginia had linebackers. Like when you look at opposing depth charts, you'd be surprised how thin it ended up being across the Big Twelve. Yeah, no, I just think with all those guys, obviously you got to sell it to them. Yeah. But I think it's easy to see. Getting to on me, the field. Yeah, getting on the field should be. But some guys, you know, they, yeah. am I playing linebacker? Like, that should matter. Like, no, no, no. We're gonna, you're a defender. At this yeah. point, We you're just a defender. Freestyle. And, well, you just need versatility on the field. Versatility and mm-hmm. speed. Gary Patterson's been preaching it for years. Right? Uh, Mike Tomlin, the great quote from the 247 Sports article. Look like what you hunt. There you you're go. in the Big 12. Right? Yep. Look like what you hunt. Exactly. I need my linebackers to be sleek. And I, they may be a little undersized. They're sleek and they're great in space. So I need them to be spread babies. I need my linebackers to be spread babies just like all these DBs are. I think Chris Ash, who I've heard is a problem solver. What I say about coaches, coaches need to be able to solve problems. What's one of the biggest problems the Longhorns have right now on defense? Linebacker. What the hell are we going to do at linebacker? Solve the problem? More safeties. That's how you solve the problem. More DBs on the field. More line, more linemen because you're, li- you're deep on the D-line too. More D-linemen and more more secondary guys and less linebackers. Just find me two or three guys that you can count on. Yep. And, and situationally is how you use them. Like court jocks can be your short yardage linebacker. Yeah, that'll be your yeah. <laughs> right. If you need to get a man in there on a short yardage or in the beef. goal line, there you go. Yeah, that dude. That it was funny when he played player like that. Ball. Well, I was about to say whenever a guy like that comes out yeah. of nowhere and like you're like, wow, he's making hey, plays, you know. Was. And that that the Alamo Bowl defense, it just uh, I got little. 
little hints of memories of a mush champ just seeing the interim guy in there just going <laughs> wild like he had that natural like that we've seen a lot of defensive coordinators at Texas be quite fearful for their jobs the last you don't see that mm-hmm. confidence in like just love for football and understandably because these coaches are dealing with eh, not a great product on the field at yeah. times and you aren't going to see but you could see how much he was actually enjoying coaching that game and it just yeah, reminded me of watching Mushtamp but that was like the last time when you could watch a defense and just totally be confident. Now, we've been confident to start these regimes each time, but then it's never really continued we need, through. Yeah, need and, sustainability. Yep, and that yeah. was the one thing Muschamp did. He That 08 was a very similar thing that he inherited yep. in coming off of a very tough year in a firing, and that's no where those, he's the only one in those that groups that has done and continued its cycle Because even through. 2010 wasn't a bad defense. You go look at that nope. defense, it wasn't a terrible defense. Nope. It, it was that. It was actually, I want to say Pretty it, was, good. it was like top – 30 top 40 defense. Yes. So it wasn't terrible. I just watched they replayed it and they still are replaying that Nebraska game with Garrett Gilbert when he ran all over them. I, don't I watched it. it the other day. Was it 70 yards he ran for? He ran, yeah, he ran for like 78 yards. Yeah. And it, it, it was so, that game just most was improbable so win. It's one, one of the most improbable wins for in Texas football history. It yes. didn't make any sense. And go look at that defense. Yes. That defense it was loaded, was full loaded of players. like eight NFL yep. players. Aaron Williams and the Achos are coming off the Bench, yeah, it was pretty. The end of it, though. No, I'm talking about Nebraska's defense. Oh, Nebraska. Well, Texas is too, but yes, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Texas was loaded, but Prince Amakumara. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was. It had Amakumara, Levante David, and Jared Crick yeah. after Sue had left. Yeah, that was so, after Sue was like, gone. and that was sort of Man. the infrastructure of that defense. In watching the Texas side of it was pretty entertaining. It was on, I think, Wednesday, but by the end of it, I had to throw in. I love, and I know you love Matt Millen. I loved the one time I met him. He was a great man, a but at the very end of that game he had one quote that i laughed out loud at and he said mark my words texas will not lose another game this season and he thought that would put him at 10 and 2 at the time that was 5 and 7 but that's what that game that nebraska game sort of was you could see mac in his mind thinking like on the sideline because he's frazzled he's losing his mind but he's like we're about to get out of here with the win and he's losing his mind (laughs) and that's before Tucker goes out there to kick the field yeah. goal, but then they pooch punt it, and you don't oh, have a kick man. return defense out there instead, or a punt return defense. Instead, you have your offensive linemen that are protecting for a field goal because they showed field goal, yeah. pooch, and they run it back 95 yards for the longest punt return in it's Nebraska crazy. history to cut what was a game where they were never close from 20 to six with three minutes left to 20 to 13, and Mac was already exasperated before that play. After that play, <laughs> it was like oh. Oh my God, the season's going to go. <laughs> and they ended up barely holding on. There wasn't, because Bo Pelini didn't kick an onside kick after that. It just makes no sense whatsoever or whatever. In any ways, Texas holds on and barely wins that game. But yeah. that game, that was just an Drama. alternate bizarro world. That that entire yeah. season and that game was weird. It was weird. Um, all right, what uh, any other items before we get out of here? That you uh, just uh, one other nugget I never got to, and it's so random, but go it was ahead. on the day that I did the, uh, Vin, or the Vince Young uh, numbers about him in the NFL, and while we were talking about respecting NFL careers, now that Jamal Charles has retired of running backs over a thousand yards, most yards per carry in the history of the NFL. So you got to give your props to Crazy. Jamal Charles. Now there's Marion Motley from the 50s pre-merger had 828 carries. 
He averaged 5.7, but nobody in the with, modern era. Yeah, nobody in the modern era, or if you look at just the history of football running backs with a thousand carries or more than 828 wow. carries. Jamal Charles 5.4. Jim, Jim Brown, Brown 5.2, yeah. Mercury Morris, 5.1, Gail Sayers, Barry Sanders, and Joe Perry, 5.0. So Jamal Charles, it's pretty crazy to think about that. That's, it is. Does he have a case for the Hall of Fame? Oh, I yes, looked for at sure. his numbers yeah, for sure. uh, in terms of how it, how it stacks up. He should. I'll uh, pull him up real quick. It, it, what, hurt, what hurt him was those – he had two injuries, two major injuries, correct? Yeah, and at the end – That's of, what yeah, hurt him. Because at the end of his career. Because he'd had, he'd had more – he just would have had more yards, more stats to stockpile if he wouldn't have had those two injuries. I don't know if he – now he had – honestly, I think one of those was right in his prime. Yep. One of those was literally right in his point. He was like arguably the best running – one of the best running backs in the league. Yep, and then whenever yeah. Andy Reid came, he really revitalized him too. Oh, he brought in Chris him. Alt. Yes. He it, brought in that pistol is what mm-hmm. Andy Reid did. He brought in Chris Alt as – because I remember this quote from Jamal Charles. He brought in Chris Alt. I'm not sure what year he brought in Chris Alt as a consultant, but Jamal Charles literally said after they, they had done mini camp, uh, he said, I'm going to have my one of my best years, if not my best year. And I believe he did. It had to be 2015 or 16. Yep, and pulling it up When right he had now. His, one of his best years. That was that Chris Alt pistol. They were using that pistol with Alex Smith. They were killing it. Yeah, and he finished with over 60 TDs in his career. These are yeah. all the per-game numbers. But, yeah, it was 2012 was 1509. Yeah. And he had 1467 in 2010. But like you said, the injury in 2011. 2011. He had 12 injury. rushes for 83 yards. That's but what got him. That's when also it brought, I guess that was a bad season for them because that's whenever you ended up having Andy Reid come over after that. Yes, right. And that worked out for him because that was the year Vince was with him. And then he had 1500, 1300, and 1000. So yeah, he finished with five. Seasons of over a thousand yards finished with seventy six hundred yards rushing. His all purpose though is what's going to help him out in the Hall of Fame. Twenty six hundred yards receiving. He had three hundred ten yeah. receptions. So yeah, he finished with over ten thousand yards when you combine all, all purpose total yards ten thousand one hundred fifty six five point nine per touch and fit sixty four touchdowns. So and he, he, he was even returning kicks as a rookie. Yeah, he won't get in, but he's got a, he's got a chance. Yep. I don't think he'll get in though. If he, he he's in tough. That, he's, he's in he's that, right he, there. He's close to Ricky he, Williams. Exactly. Numbers. And that's the same thing with Ricky and Ricky. What happened to Ricky? It was like we, we those three or four years where yep. Ricky just didn't know who he wanted to be and that he struggled. That's what cost him the Hall of Fame because otherwise, Ricky's probably in the Hall of Fame if he has those two or three, which were in his prime. Yes. If it, it, it wasn't way, for Dave Wanstead yeah. and going with his uh, 383 and 372. He ran into the ground. The dude. amount to think about the, that many carries. He ran into the to, ground. 372 and three. And they wonder why Ricky wanted to smoke. Most yeah. in the history of the NFL. <laughs> and was, while we're talking about relief. that. Yes, and being talking about being on the right side of history these days, who's the Amen, one that's brother. on the right side of history Amen. these days? Because now we have entire leagues, including that one saying that the they NFL aren't should hire test. NFL should hire that guy. Yes, he should be he there got, like drugs are. Honestly, right now, yeah, <laughs> you, you know, like it's a lesser and different level. But it was he was almost Kaepernicked, like blacklisted from that for a time, and then it was able definitely to, was only because he, he had to was. repay the team's money. Did the NFL even care about him coming back? You know, like they were doing that because they were countersuing to get his money back from him, only because he ran the ball more than anybody in the history of the game. It's crazy. Yep.
Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Uh, damn good stats, brother. I appreciate it as always. Good and morning, uh, welcome. All right. Uh, well, folks, we'll uh, be back next week. My man Jeff Howe will be back next week. So I want to thank my man Matt Buller for all that you do, all the stats. Uh, this thing cannot happen without Matt. He's the real MVP. want to thank the good folks here at ARN, the Austin Radio Network, for allowing us to use the studios and keep it everything copacetic. want to thank the good folks at Horns247 as well. Uh, get over to Horns247. They're doing great work these days and breaking a lot of fantastic stories. Uh, where can folks find the podcast if they need it, Matt? Yeah, just type in Longhorn Blitz. Yes, sir. All right, folks. Uh, for my man Matt Buller, for me, and for Jeff House on vacation, uh, I always say, remember, the revolution will not be televised, but we'll be talking about it right here on the Longhorn Blitz. Hook them. You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit Horns247.com. Okay. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.